This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale. Up yon cool, cool Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and close to us sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 124 of Fireside. Today on the Irish storytelling podcast, we have a story from Irish mythology centering around Fintan MacBochra. This is how the manor of Tara was settled. And in case you're wondering what any of that means, I will tell you very soon because it was confusing for me too. But first, I want to give a very big warm welcome to any new and indeed any returning listeners. If you're a brand new listener, why don't you listen to this episode and head right back to the beginning, episode one, over 123 episodes ago and over two and a half years to see what we've been building up to on the journey of Fireside thus far. And if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so, so much for your continued support. Please do like follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. If you want to check out my poetry or some of my other work or just a message and say hello, it's the best place to get me. If you're not on social media, you can always email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. And if you really want to support the podcast and join the community of Fireside, you can do so over at headstuffpodcast.com. And you can join Headstuff Plus for as little as five euro a month, although you can pay whatever you want. And for that, you can gain access to not just bonus material for Fireside, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And I'm delighted that we have three new followers over on Headstuff Plus for this week. So a big thank you to Stuart McCabe, Ray McGahan, Beth Kettlar, Kettlar, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who the three of those, uh, Stuart, Ray and Beth, join Rebecca Garvey, Martina Rafferty, Matthew Hill, Elizabeth Frizz, Dara Courtney, and Kevin Magner and Shane Grogan as the most recent 10 joiners of uh, and supporters of Headstuff Plus. And thank you so, so much to each one of you. Headstuff Plus is still in its infancy. It's only been around for a few months and it's really, really rewarding to see it starting to tick over more and more. Um, to get any kind of financial support for doing this podcast is incredible. And any of that funding that doesn't go directly to me goes back to Headstuff, who were the ones who start gave me my start in the first place. And I wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for them, so I'd much rather share share the fund with them than with Patreon, for example. But for any of those who have been supporting on Patreon, the Patreon account is still there. For any listeners who are listening back, it's not going anywhere. I'm incredibly grateful to have had the Patreon for the first couple of years and to see it building up and thank you so so much for keeping the podcast going in any way you can 
But if you can't support on Headstuff Plus, uh, that is all right. If you just want to keep on listening, that's support enough. Or if you wanted to tell anybody, if you like the podcast, to check it out. But thank you so much to the new supporters and all the supporters over on Headstuff Plus. This is actually the first episode I'm recording since we did the Instagram Live for Poetry Day Ireland on myth and Irish poetry. And my word, thank you so much to all of you that checked in for some or all of it, either live or that checked out the video afterwards. Like it's, I'd never done an Instagram live before. I didn't know if anyone would be watching it live, you know, and on any coastline or in any time zone. But over the course of the hour of the poetry reading, we had over 180 people watching and over the course of the weekend, we had another 500 views, which might seem very small, but like for my first thing and for my relatively small following on social media and f- intimate following to this podcast, it meant a huge amount. And it was just great to chat to you, to see the messages coming through and to feel a sense of community that can be hard to feel when I record the podcast in a room on my own. And then it's fantastic when I hear back from you guys in, in the weeks following it and checking in about what you liked and what you'd like to hear more of. And I love hearing from you, but there isn't that immediacy that was fantastic to feel just reading a few poems and telling a few stories and playing a few tunes on Instagram Live. So I definitely want to make it maybe a monthly thing that I do um, because there's so many more, there's so much I didn't get to do. I wanted to touch on the Ulster cycle. I didn't get to touch the Ulster cycle at all, which I was leaving as kind of this climax, but there wasn't the time for it. So in fairness, it does deserve its entirely own episode and its own IG Live. So that will probably be the next one of the poetry of the Thorn and of the Ulster Cycle. And also uh, Greek mythology and other nations' mythologies have been so influential on Irish poetry as well. Some of my favourite Irish poems, one of which is Ceasefire by the Northern Irish poet Michael Longley, which he wrote as an an analogy between the Trojan War and the Troubles in in Northern Ireland. It's an incredible piece, and there's so many like that. So another future episode will be the influence of Greek mythology on Irish poetry. And it was just a really nice thing to engage with you all. It was very informal, and I'm going to re-listen to it and possibly re-record it as a bonus episode for Headstuff Plus. But it was a great new avenue because I've I've started sharing more and more of my own poetry over the past couple of months over on Instagram, just dipping my toe into it because I've been working on my own collection for over a year now, and it's been really nice. It's been uh, it's proved itself a great medium for poetry, and you open yourself up to far more criticism, which is all just part of it as well. But it's been a really nice thing to share, and I've really appreciated all of your messages and comments. So thank you again. But the story for this week is another tale of Fintan McBokra. Fintan McBokra has crept in to Fireside in a very big way over the past couple of months since we've made our way through all of the landings and invasions on the island of Ireland. Fintan McBokra is our original man. He is our second ever inhabitant after his wife, Cesar, and he is our longest-serving druid, living for over 5,000 years and influencing all of the cycles of Irish mythology in a previously, to me, unknown way. And it's been so rewarding discovering all these stories of a character who has always been there in the background, in the shadows. And this is finally a story entirely centred around him, not about another group that came and landed and fought in Ireland. This is just centred around Fintan, and you can really see his influence over the course of Irish mythology. It's a story called The Manor of Tara. We'll chat a bit more afterwards, but here it is. 
the manor of Tara on Fireside. The Manor of Tara. From its establishment by the Fear Bullock, the Hill of Tara has always been the seat of the High Kings of Ireland. Geographically, it lies in the former province and current county of Meath, which was established as the meeting and converging point of the island of Era, between Ulster to the north, Leinster to the east, Munster to the south, and Connacht to the west. Each province and kingdom had its own rulers, stories, and ways, and as a means of preserving the culture and maintaining overall peace on the island, once every three years it was the duty of the High King at Tara to hold a great feast. Invites would be sent out to all five provinces for a feast lasting seven days and seven nights. There was food, wine, stories, songs, poetry and fighting, although the fighting was rarely, if ever, on the itinerary. Naturally, the cost of this feast was high, and all at the expense of the High King, and one such High King was named Dermot MacCairball. Dermot felt that the cost of this triannual feast he was obligated to host was too much, and one day the High King walked up to the hill of Ishnach, the mythological centre of Ireland, and surveyed the landscape. Dermot saw seven views in every direction, and thought then and there about dividing and cultivating the kingdom of Meath. Dermot thought, if we cultivate this flat, open and fertile land, then I will be able to afford and increase the feast every three years. But even though he was high king, Dermot knew that he would have to run this plan by the other kings of Era. The feast was announced, and invites were sent to all the provinces. Kings and poets, warriors and bards, maidens and cupbearers, all were welcome, and all had a place at the table at Tara. There was a definite hierarchy and a proportional dividing of the food, with the kings, queens and olive, the highest rank of poets, sat by the high king, and the lowest ranking sat near the door. But nevertheless... Every single person at the feast was fed, and no one was left hungry. But when the High King stood and told of his proposal to divide and cultivate the manor of Tara, the news vacuumed all of the air from the room. It was decided that this was far too great a decision to be taken lightly, and all agreed that no one would touch the food on the plates before them before the matter was settled. So they sent for the wisest man in Ireland, who at that point was considered to be the priest Fiacra, who was St. Patrick's successor in Ireland, converting the Irish from the belief in the old ways to that of the Christian God. But when Fiacra was asked about the dividing of the manor of Tara, he refused to answer, saying, There is another you must ask, Ken Thalad, who suffered a wound in battle that took the brain of forgetfulness out of his head assuring that he remembered everything and literally couldn't forget anything. But the elephant-brained Ken Fallad also refused to answer the question regarding the manner of Tara. He recommended asking the five elders, the oldest and wisest men in Ireland. 
but when these five shriveled-up husks of men arrived, they too refused to sanction the partitioning of Tara without the blessing of their superior. Who could possibly be your superior? asked King Dermot, who at this point was becoming incredibly frustrated with the amount of referral and passing of responsibility, all over planting a few crops and herding a few cows. It was, after all, he thought, his land. The elders told who their superior was. It was the second human, the first man on the island of Era, who lived in the form of every animal that lived there. His name was Fintan MacBokra, and he was so old that he had witnessed and took part in every landing, invasion, and war the island had known, and had now faded into memory and obscurity. The only ones who knew for sure that he was real and still alive were the five masters. Fintan at that time was living in County Kerry, and he was summoned to Tara. Everyone in attendance was eager to hear him speak. For one thing, the feast was getting stone cold at this point, and everyone there was starving. Fintan was invited to sit beside the High King, but he refused. He said, I am welcome in every household in Era. This island is my foster mother, and Tara is her knee upon which I now sit. There is no need to honour me further than that. Fenton certainly looked like a 5,000-year-old man as much as anyone did. He looked like the wrinkles on his face were so deep it was a wonder the old man hadn't collapsed in on himself like a black hole. He was mostly beard and cloak, but his voice was still commanding, authoritative and wise. Some of the restless crowd were unconvinced, and one voice asked Fintan to prove that he was as old as he said he was. Fintan then described how he had once walked through the woods of Westminster and had picked a berry from a yew tree. He had planted that berry and watched it grow into a magnificent tree of its own. When that tree too died of old age, Fintan chopped it down and whittled buckets and tools from the wood. When those tools were cracked and broken, he repurposed them and made smaller tools. They say he carved it himself, from a bigger spoon. To hammer his point home, Fintan said that the repurposed wood from the tools from the dead tree, the berry of which he had planted himself, had also turned to dust from age. Okay, said the person in the crowd who had asked the question. Fair enough. You're pretty old. The High King, Dermot McCurball, then told Fintan MacBokra why he had been summoned. I wish to divide and cultivate the manor of Tara so that it can be turned into something profitable. Fintan MacBokra, you are older and wiser than anyone here. Have you any reason to object to this? Without judgment, Fintan began telling another story. Once there was a great assembly where we stand today with the then High King of Ireland, Cunning Bechloch. On the day of the assembly there was a great earthquake. At least we thought it was an earthquake. But we looked to the west and saw the largest giant I have seen in all my five thousand years. He looked a warrior with long golden curls that fell to his thighs. In one hand he held stone tablets, and in the other a branch with nuts, apples, and acorns. He was dressed in what I can only describe as a crystal veil, which he wore like linen. 
The king asked this god of a man or man of a god to stop and tell us who he was. He said his name was Trefungid Trichor, and that he had come from the setting of the sun and was on his way to the rising. We asked what reason he had for seeking out the rising sun, and he told us that a man had been tortured and crucified to the east, and the sun could not bear to watch, so the giant had gone to see what ailed the sun. He then asked to hear the story of our land, but at that time there was no group of storytellers to chronicle the history of the island. There was me as the island's original inhabitant, but even I could not be everywhere at once. So the giant asked that we assemble representatives from all five provinces to establish a story of era. For forty days and forty nights he stayed with us. Seven Shanaki, seven storytellers, were chosen to represent each of the five provinces. And every three years they would meet in Meath on the hill of Tara to spread and maintain the story of the island. As the oldest one at the assembly, my assignment was the story of the division of Ireland, which is knowledge to the west, battle to the north, music to the south, prosperity in the east, and kingship in the centre. Together the giant and I marked the borders of all five provinces, and from that day to this, those borders and that tradition has continued. I have seen everything and every one, from my beloved wife Cesar and my people who drowned in the flood, the Partholonians and Nemedians wiped out by plague, the Fearbolog defeated by the Tuer de Danon, who in turn were defeated by the Milesians, the Gales. The line is direct and clear right down to the current High King, Dermod MacKiermat. All of this is because of that order of bards set up by that giant. All I will say is we must not divide the manor of Tara and cross the wish of Trefungid Trichor, because he was either an angel of God or God himself. There was no further discussion. There was not even a sound from the entire assembly at Tara. Fintan MacBokra had spoken. Diarmuid and Fintan went to the hill of Ishnach and erected a pillar stone with a ridge dedicated to each province in Ireland. It established Ishnach and Tara as the kidneys in the body of the animal that was Era. And that is how Fintan MacBokra settled the debate of the manor of Tara to be continued. And that is the story of the settling of the manor of Tara on Fireside and I hope you enjoyed it. This is a really fascinating story that again was not something I'd encountered before. All of this Fintan MacBolochra material is new to me over the last few months. And perhaps that makes me a very ignorant fireside bard, but it's been such a gift to discover him there. And this story, this story is a story within a story. It is, it is essentially a story about the origin of Irish storytelling and why bards and poets and storytellers were so important to Middle Ages and Celtic 
Ireland, or a kind of this is this is the mythologizing of why that is it's similar to the stories in Norse mythology about where great poetry and bad poetry comes from and why we have stories. There's always any of these mythologies that have a storytelling as central to them, which is pretty much them all because they are storytelling themselves to be passed down to us. They all have this equivalent, but I've never encountered one quite like this, which again, I love talking about the, the overlap and the tricky nature of Irish mythology, which is it's overlapping with Christian doctrine. And here we have a very clear example of that where this seems very deeply rooted in Irish mythology. And yet we have this meeting of this giant coming from where the sun sets and this conclusion drawn to it that this giant must either be an angel of God, a gigantic angel, or that it's God himself going to see what ails the sun about the crucifixion of Jesus. It's like it's juicy. It's very rich, dense stuff here. And we have this incredible story that Fintan McBorkra tells, this analogy he uses to describe how old he is. He doesn't talk about, you know, he doesn't talk about the Tuadedanon or all the things that he's been around for, the flood. Instead he, instead, he tells this story about plucking a berry and planting his own tree, watching that tree grow and decline, then chopping that tree down, carving it and whittling it into tools and, and wooden buckets. Then when they were cracked and broken, carving smaller tools again, and even those tools carved from tools from the tree, from the berry, in the pole, in the bog, in the bog down in the valley, oh, all of that has turned to dust. And that is, I've, I've never seen such an incredible, incredible metaphor for age. And I just kind of see, I've been obsessed with it. I, I've been working on a poem about this since. I just had to settle this into my own head. It just seemed to me such an incredible debate on the idea of immortality because we we feel we, we immortalize ourselves because we won't live forever. We now immortalize ourselves through our, through our children and through our work and we want to leave something behind us that will last. But of course, nothing will ever last forever. It may just last one or two lifetimes or even a few lifetimes after ours, but ultimately all will eventually be forgotten. And I just, I've never seen that described so tenderly and so beautifully as that Fintan Macbochra berry analogy. And um, there was something really, really strong in it. Like all of that, those two framing devices of this, this the framing device of this feast at Tara, and then these stories within stories there of this giant who may or be God or maybe an angel, a gigantic angel. And then the story about age and immortality, all densely packed into this to me, previously unknown story of the manor of Tara. It's a very interesting concept as well, just with how much the Celts and and the Christians and the early and the early Middle Ages and and still today, to be fair, Ireland is still very much an agricultural nation. But that that has always been what has been one of the biggest important things, and that livestock were were currency at that time, and it was all you ever had was your land and your cows, and it was all about how that land was dividing divided. So the idea that such a sacred place as Tara, the seat of the High Kings of Ireland, was going to be divided so that it could justify the cost of this feast, that this was the what had to go through to, to put a kibosh in that, to stop that from happening again, or happening for the first time, sorry, um, was had to be sent for this priest and then the five elders who were representatives of the five provinces and finally to the oldest of the old. You can't go any earlier, you can't go any older than Fintan Macbokra. 
and it it feels so delicious to finally give Fintan his own story. And he has one more as well. There is one more story I found that kind of brings a conclusion to the saga of Fintan MacBokra. But we still haven't encountered him in the Thorn, in the Fenian cycle. I feel this story fits more in the King cycle and the historical cycle. But I certainly don't think we're even nearly finished with Fintan MacBokra. But he has another big story in him, which I'll tell in a couple of weeks. And hopefully, yes, I, uh, as I continue, if anyone interested, I will continue to develop my Pintham McBalkra piece and we'll share it with you listeners first, if that's what anyone wants to hear. Um, because there is just something so good, so juicy in that juice of, of this berry. But with that, I think I will wrap things up here. Um, we're, coming up, we're coming up on time now. But thank you so much to each and every one of you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the story of the settling of the manor of Tara. Thank you so, so much again to each and every one of you who listened, uh, who watched the Instagram live, live or watched it afterwards in the weekend afterwards. It is still up there um, or it should still be up there for anyone on Instagram. And if not, it will be uploaded as a, as a bonus piece of a bonus episode on Headstuff Plus. And thank you so much to our brand new supporters on Headstuff Plus. Please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard, at the, at the Fireside Bard at gmail.com, or join the community of Fireside at Headstuff Plus over on headstuffpodcast.com. Next week, we have another folk tale, which uh, I've just, I just finished writing today about the sprightly tailor. It's actually a Scottish folk tale that I found in a book on Celtic folk tales, which Celtic folklore and Celtic mythology is, is so dominated by Irish mythology in a lot of the, a lot of the time certainly from my perspective as an Irishman, but I've started to find some more Irish and Welsh tales that uh, that still fit with them and still feel like they are from the same stock, which ultimately, of course, they would be. Uh, but I hope that this can be a nice seg- segue soon into me adapting stories from the Maganogion, the, the, the Mabinogion, the Welsh mythology, the cycles of Welsh mythology, which feature Ireland and Irish characters very, very prominently. The the link is very, very similar. I think for me, adapting them, my only concern is, and why I just want to be particularly respectful is, like I I don't speak my own language fluently. I I I try so much, and this this podcast has helped me grow so much. But I love, I still get pronunciations wrong, and there's always going to be pronunciations that there are is a good bit of debate about. So I've seen Kunkabar Macnasa pronounced Kunkabar Macnasa, and I've also seen it pronounced Kunkahor or Kahor Macnasa, uh, and I thought one was wrong and one was right. But then I've spoken to people of far superior Irish than me that have said that both are true and that. There are different versions of it, but Welsh is a very different language again, and it's it's very different to Irish entirely as a language. It's a lot more consonant based, and if I was adapting stories from that lore, I would want to make sure that I was very on top of my pronunciation out of a place of respect for the material. But there was a respect that I would still want to constantly give Irish mythology. I would want to spread that to any, everyone. But they are incredible stories, and I'm really looking forward to adapting them. So that is all to come. So I will see you all. You'll hear me all next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.